told you it would be a hot summer. The hot summer is here. The streets in the U.S., hot. The Fed says inflation is going to run hot. Jerry Falwell Jr. is taking time off to watch his family. <laughs> California's burden. There's two hurricanes headed towards the Texas coast and the Louisiana coast. Thoughts with everybody there. We're going to get into all of it. We, of course, will talk gold. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with my co-host, the witty, intelligent, fight the Fed, Nick Hodge. This is episode 84 of Bizarro World. Good gracious, Nick. First and foremost, how are you, sir? That's me in the corner. <laughs> That's me in the spot. Like losing my religion. <laughs> That's the podcast. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. You guys have a good one. It's too good, Gerardo. How are you? <laughs> too good is right. That's what she said. <laughs> oh. I had some robust chuckles yesterday or this week. That's for sure. <laughs> Let's start with gold. We got to start with gold. Um, actually, we don't. You know what? Let, 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 let me pull it back a little bit because I want this to be a, a little bit more lighthearted than usual. It's not going to be, you know, somewhere in the middle when we get to talking about, you know, Wisconsin and, and what's going on in the streets right now and everything there. But, um, you know, we have the equivalent of, you know, a, a baby Katrina hurricane, a category four storm that is due to slam into Texas and Louisiana here in the next couple of hours. And they're saying that will be catastrophic. So I, I want to start, obviously, by, you know, sending my, my, my thoughts and, and good vibes to everybody on the coast. Um, I'm right outside of Austin. We're in central Texas. We're very well insulated, but you know, we, we, we were taking people in from the coast and, and, you know, we're at near capacity here in Austin. And so this isn't going to be pretty. Um, and I just hope that everybody is as safe as possible. And I hope that we are not relying on the, 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 you know, in, intelligence and preparedness of our federal government, because we seem to be behind the queue on everything. Um, and I do worry about what the response is going to look like for this because it's not going to be inconsequential. So thoughts, good energy, good vibes, um, something to keep an eye on. Every little bit helps. So I, I, I ask that everybody send, you know, by the time you, you listen to this, we'll know how bad it was. But, you know, the cleanup effort, the recovery effort, recovery effort will be tough uh, to manage. So let me start with saying that. Now let's get right to it. Let, let, let's get to gold. Um, we're recording the podcast early this week, everybody. We're recording on Wednesday, the 26th. It is Wednesday, isn't it, Nick? I think so, yeah. Okay. All right. Gold closed at 1953. It was up almost $25. Um, Nick and I were talking off air briefly. It broke through all the resistance points. I suspect that when we awake on Thursday morning, uh, that you're going to see a higher gold price. Um it, in large part because the Fed is not content with, you know, wealth inequality at levels that we haven't seen since at least the 20s. The Fed seems to not be content with, you know, expanding our our, our balance sheet and our deficit um, in just just unconscionable ways. If if you look at what it's doing to everyday Americans, to everyday global citizens to people all over the world. The Fed is, you know, the central banker of the world. Make no mistake about it. And and the policy 
that is now being pursued is about to get put on steroids. Um, the Fed is expected to give a speech tomorrow where they will take a new quote unquote view on inflation. And the speculation is that despite the fact that they've done everything in their power to hit 2% inflation and have missed, although in the real world, we know inflation is much higher, but how it's measured by the Fed, um, it will now try to overshoot that target um, and try to hit a 3% mark. It's also speculated that the Fed will keep this low to zero interest rate environment for at least five years because apparently the two-year thing that he said earlier this year wasn't enough. I don't know how much clearer it has to be that this is by design and, you know, bringing it back to the very small space of the financial world that you and I operate in, Nick, um, the resource space, the gold space, the metal space. If this isn't a green light, I don't know what is. Um, thoughts on that, Nick? I mean, they're not telegraphing anything at this point, right? Uh, I mean, Gerardo, the writing has been on the wall and we've talked about the, the resistance levels and the support. Gold bounced again beautifully out of the low 1900s, had a very strong day uh, today. The, we were saying as much last week about um, how buying, you know, when gold dips now, it's uh, it's a buying opportunity. And we've been uh, talking about names uh, that we like in, in this environment and you and I have been uh, writing about them. And so... Um, you know, I feel like I say the same things every week, but gold is, is very, very strong here. And if they weren't thinking about thinking about uh, raising rates, like you say, that has uh, now been extended. And so you've got the uh, Buffett thing now and um, you're starting to see people uh, like Main Street hmm. or Wall Street, mm -hmm. like old wall threatened by the gold thing. Now, I've seen like some videos and articles talking about, again, you know, the gold doesn't yield anything. It's whatever, whatever. <clears throat> blase, blase, as my friends would say in high school, whatever. And, um, you know, it's um, it's a it's a ripe time to get in. You and I uh, will have a, a, a webinar by the time this is out, inviting people to participate in uh, the bull market. And, and we think we're still in the early stages of it, as you said, uh, five years. That's a long time. Um, we talk about rates. Um, they've been marginally uh, stronger over the past week. But, you know, I think we go back down to, you know, uh, half a half a half a point on the on the 10 year. And um, I don't know what else you, you want me to say really about gold, except that uh, we continue to buy the uh, quality, quality names and, and these pullbacks have been called in advance beautifully by uh, lots of folks who have watched the space closely. So as you like to say, and, and I don't say often enough, you know, you got to listen to people who watch this stuff because it's not like we have a crystal ball and it's not like, you know, we have a script, but um, we have history and we have hindsight because we've been watching it for so long. And when you pair that with um, intuition and the network, you get well results, right? And so... Um, we hope you get some of those from this podcast, but I'll remind you that you get what you pay for, right, Gerardo? Mm -hmm. You do get what you paid for. And, and, and you know somebody that is more than happy um, to get what he paid for is Mr. John Paulson of Big Short fame, right? He's now provided a notice to exercise his convertible notes in Midas Gold. Um, opportune time. You mentioned Wall Street and the mainstream starting to come around um, in the gold space. Folks, this is the beginning. $1,900, $2,000 gold is going to be the beginning of the run. This is not the midway point. 
This is not, you know, the mania phase. Um, it's very early on. It is starting to percolate. I will give you that. Um, you know, I remember saying- Don't make me sing the percolator, Gerardo. Sing- I'll do it. <laughs> I remember last year we sat here and, um, you know, there, there, there were teams, management teams that I, I, I said to everyone, look, the, 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 this caliber of a team, these, type of, these types of, of management teams would command a 30 to $40 million market cap if they had zero assets and they just had a shell. But you knew this was the team that was going to bat for you and that was going to develop a company based on the past. And, you know, those were companies that were being just absolutely given away. And now we're finally start starting to see a market, Nick. And I know you know this because we're writing checks for, you know, a team that sure has an asset, but we're betting on the team, right? We're betting that um, this team is going to be able to develop a real company out of whatever assets they're able to bring in because they've done it before and, and they've made us money in the past. And, you know, people are starting to once again write checks just on the strength of the people involved. And we've always said two things you always look at. You look at the people and you look at the share structure. And um, we're finally at that stage of the cycle. But again, very early on, wait until those teams start executing. Wait until what I'm calling, you know, discovery season here in the next month or month and a half when we start getting results from results, absolutely the Kinsley Mountains of the world out in Nevada Sunrise, the Soledad projects out with Chicana Copper, the Mojave Gold project with K2 Gold. Um, I could continue on and on. Wait until those results start trickling in because frankly, I've seen a lot of companies with some really fluffy numbers. And guess what? Exactly what we said would happen is starting to happen. Those market caps and those share prices, even with gold running again, are starting to pull back because they got ahead of themselves. And now those companies are having to release the second and third set of results, which aren't the fluffy, fluffed, fluffed up, you know, um, mm-hmm. highlight numbers that they were chasing that were easy to get if you just twin a hole or go drill 20 meters from that last exciting hole in the mid 80s different type of market you're going to have to uh, you know show, show show up now and prove that you have something real and frankly that's the part of the cycle nick that i have been thirsting for for the past four years and we're finally here and man am i having a blast with it yeah it feels good i mean especially if you can combine those first two things you were talking about uh quality people with a good share structure and so um, you know, maybe that's what you're alluding to with the second part of your statements there is, yeah, some of these structures that are a little bit uh, looser are going to be just that looser vehicles to to leverage the upside of uh, gold. And if you can get those share structures where you know where the shares have been placed and at uh, what price and you know that uh, it's not a short term flip and we're not out there just twin holes, but to actually develop an asset or to discover uh, something real that can be developed, like that's going to be the difference in the, you know, pick your numbers, 300 and 500% or 800% and a thousand percent. And I know that's champagne problems, wanting that extra 200%, but I want it. I mean, people in this game want it. You want the highest return, right? That's what we're here for. Champagne problems. That's the second time I heard that in the past week. Did you hear that from David Kelly? Um, I might have. I, I mean, you I, know, I, I interviewed I said him last yesterday. week and that's what he said. Champagne problems. Second time in a week. You know, we got a full yeah. market when Nick is talking about champagne problems. <laughs> and I told somebody else about champagne problems this week and they were like, oh, I like that. I'm going to start saying it. Maybe you started something. That's hilarious. Well, listen, it's not just gold. If, if, if anyone has any 
doubts about, you know, real inflation ticking up. And we've monitored this, you know, pretty well over the past several months with the crab cakes, with lumber, you name it, we've talked about it. But, you know, silver's back at, at, above the $27 level. Copper is right at the $3 level. Hell, zinc, zinc is at a buck 11 and, and looks like it's headed higher. Uranium is starting um, the equities, right? The equities, which always run before the spot price runs, are starting to notice that there seems to be, um, you know, early whispers of a dislocation in the market there. And so, um, you know... Don't Jerry Falwell Jr. this one. This is not the market you want to sit idly by and watch. <laughs> oh, man, I should be quicker on my feet. But no, you want to be involved. You want to be an active <laughs> participant. You want to be an active participant. You don't want to, um, yeah, just be on the sidelines. Let's talk about Mr. Falwell Jr. And again, listen, listen, everybody. I am by no means a judgmental person when it comes to anybody's sexual preference. You do what oh, you no, like. Oh, no, I don't care. Yeah, you do what you like with who you like, how you like. Doesn't matter. 100 people. Just don't run a university where you tell kids the opposite. Don't do that, right? And don't do that. Don't be a hypocrite. And, 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 and don't try to shame everyone that disagrees with your public stance about you know, their sexual preference and habits. Um, and, and, and family values. Yeah. Yeah. Don't make me feel guilty about liking the fucking chi- chicken, Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich, which, you know, just there's an honest way to be private about your private life. And it's interesting to me that everything that you would see in an article by The Onion that you would think no way that's, you know, it's nowhere near believable is absolutely true with this Falwell Jr. Um, scandal, right? I mean, even Fox is like, this guy's got to go. He might get 10 and a half million because, you know, yep. that, that that's what the exit package is for him to step away from Liberty University. Um, he's the president, of course. And so, again, just the setup for this. The Falwells met the pool boy when he was 20 years old working. The literal pool boy. The literal pool boy at the Fountain Blue Miami Beach Hotel in March of 2012. So while Liberty University is literally getting off, telling the students how immoral they are if they choose to do A, B, C, and D, and they're out community service, community, community service. If you spend the night with someone of the opposite sex, no mention of what happens if you're in the corner, you know, watching, watching your partner catch it um, enthusiastically, right? No mention there. You get 10 and a half million for that mistake. As he called it, the pool boy came back and said, mistake my ass. This wasn't a one-time thing or a two-time thing. We're on vacations together. Are you kidding me? Like, this was what it was. And again, no judgments on it. I just hate the hypocrisy of it. Um, And yeah, that is what it is. I wish them all the best. But yeah, don't be a hypocrite, man. I think that's the life lesson here. Just be honest or be private. Don't be judgy and just do what you do. That's it, especially as a libertarian, Gerardo. Don't tell me how to live my life. Certainly when you're not living to the same standards, like that's just under my skin stuff. And so all the jokes come in their way. They absolutely deserve. Absolutely. And I hope they're I hope they're a little red faced. I'm not a big cancel guy or a shame guy, but I'm a I'm a big 
make fun of you guys. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I want him around. I'm not into cancel culture. I said, let's discuss it all. I don't want him to go anywhere. Part of my, he made my week a whole lot better. And I was already having a pretty great week. Um, did you see the statement from the data analytics company Palantir, which, which went public today? Did you get a chance to read that? I didn't know. Really good stuff. This is the IPO today. They, um, you know, I saw that received, received, was it received well relative to what the market is right now? Mm-hmm. Well received. Well received. Great. So this is the, uh, this is the statement from, um, chief executive Alex Karp. He said, our company was founded in Silicon Valley, but we seem to share fewer and fewer of the technology sector's values and commitments. Cap outlined the company's self-image as a lone, steely-eyed pragmatist among its ineffectual peers in Silicon Valley. It went on to say, and let me get the quote right because I want to do it justice. Bum, 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 bum. Where are you? Where are you? Here we go. He went on to criticize, you know, unnamed targets, but it's clear, you know, some of the companies that he's talking about, he's talking about Google and and some other people. He said, listen, you know, I am not going to be the head of a company that is working with countries and doing work that could be potentially treasonous. He was referring to Google's work with China. Um, You know, he, he went on to highlight the fact that the, the software platform Gotham is used by defense, intelligence, and law enforcement agencies, you know, to model all sorts of information. And then, you know, we all know that Google gives up the goods whenever law enforcement asks for it, right? And so I thought it was really interesting that um, he, he he's drawing a line in the sand at a point where it could be risky. New company, just going public, probably doesn't want, to, you know, get on that list of untouchables this early on. But I commend him and the company for taking such a principled stance. And and I'm curious to see if it's followed up with, um, you know, more, 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 more action, right? Which is what we want to see. Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously there's a lot going on with, you know, tech in the world and, and, We've talked about TikTok and it's time for leadership, which you and I have also talked about. And so, and we've all talked about the lack of leadership, frankly, and and that's, and we're going to get into some other topics in a second, I'm sure, but it's a lack of leadership. It's like a vacuum. And so um, we'd love to see people taking a stand like that, especially for the right reasons and, and hate to see the lack of leadership uh, on the other side. And unfortunately, um, you know, I'm a bit nihilistic this week. Don't really see that improving. You know, we've talked about the, mm. the fourth opportunity is a turning to make good decisions or, or not, right? And and we're um, not so far. It's it's like the latter, right? Yeah, it's the not so far, especially given like the events of this week and what I've seen in the conventions, et cetera, et cetera. And so um, I don't know, a bit worrisome, not for the the price of gold or maybe not even for the markets, given the the Fed's control, but certainly for the future of uh, democracy in this country and then what that that framework looks like. So happy to talk about it and a bit worried. I've seen two videos relating to Mr. Jacob Blake, the, the Wisconsin man who was shot eight times in the back at point blank range by an officer who had his left hand on his shirt as Mr. Blake was approaching his minivan and attempting to get back inside. 
um, where his three children were. Now, let me provide a bit of context as to the first video, some context here. There was a fight. There were two women on a sidewalk fighting. He's driving down the street with his children. He jumps out of the vehicle and, you know, for, for from what witnesses have said, breaks up the fight. Once the fight is broken up, he turns back around. Police officers get there, see the black guy walking away from what seems to be a scuffle and immediately point weapons um, at this gentleman. This gentleman has his three children in the vehicle along with his partner, I understand, and is walking back towards it as an officer walks behind him, was asking him, you know, to, to put his hands up. Um, yes, Mr. Blake did not put his hands up. He reached to open the door. He opened his door. And at that point, the officer reaches his left hand, yanks on his shirt. And when Mr. Blake, you know, kind of turns over and basically get off my shirt, you hear eight gunshots point blank range. Um, I have heard that is the first video that I've seen. And I have heard the typical bullshit from the people that want to defend the officers at all costs. And the typical bullshit says all he had to do was comply. All he had to do was put his hands up or get on the ground or do whatever the officer was telling him to do. There are laws in this country, people, that say if you don't comply with what an officer is asking you to do, yes, there is a consequence. You should be cited. You may even be cuffed. You may even be arrested for resisting arrest. All of that is fair game. We cannot as a society condone the shooting of any man, I don't care what color he is or what age he is or where he's from, eight times in his back when you are within arm's reach of just grabbing the guy from the waist and taking him down. With multiple officers. There. With multiple officers surrounding the vehicle. You, they had to have seen there were children in the vehicle. They had to have seen that he was headed back there. Let's assume the worst. He's headed back to go and grab a weapon in the vehicle. Let's assume that's the worst case scenario, which again, there was nothing in that video to indicate aggression or the fact that he had anything to do with the fight. He, you know, he wanted to get back to the van. That's what it looked like to me. Be around his children and his partner and tell them whatever you wanted to tell them. Okay, I'll give you that he did not comply. But we as a society cannot encourage officers and endorse officers that are able to de-escalate to immediately take the route which was intended to kill this man. Fortunately, this man is not dead. He's in critical condition. Um, he's paralyzed. And the hope is that, um, you know, that he'll be able to walk again someday. That's the first video I saw. The second video I saw was of a gentleman from Illinois, a 17-year-old kid, former police cadet who decided it was his civic duty to get out there militia style with an assault rifle in the middle of the street and go defend property in nearby Wisconsin. The video that I saw showed me three different angles. It showed me a man running around peaceful and non-peaceful protesters and rioters respectfully. And let's make a distinction. There were people out there that were protesting and there were the usual bunch of assholes that were lighting stuff up and breaking stuff and looting and doing all of the other stuff that takes away from the real message, right? Which is we want change. You can't continue to do this. This 17-year-old kid 
decides that he wants to run around the streets with an assault rifle and be his own version of law enforcement. His social Because that's what he aspired to be, by the way. That is exactly what he aspired to be. If you looked at his social media profiles, um, you know, there's a lot of anti-woman stuff. There's a lot of white supremacist rhetoric. There's a lot of, you know, the, 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 the typical stuff that tends to happen with a lot of these people, right? And so the next video that I see is of him. There's shots fired. He shoots a man in the head. He then walks towards several SWAT police vehicles with assault rifle in hand. He puts his arms up. He reaches by his waist. He puts his arms up again. He reaches by his waist and moves his assault rifle to the other side. He puts his arms up, reaches for his waist again. Three times I saw this guy with an assault rifle who had just shot somebody with what looks like to be a bulletproof vest on reach for his waist in front of at least three and I believe four SWAT team police vehicles. At no point is he fired upon. At no point is he told to get on the ground. This guy actually walks by all the cops. They tell him to get to the sidewalk and he continues on walking and he realizes, holy shit, I just shot a man in the head and a couple of other people. Uh, I was ready to turn myself in, but they're not arresting me. They're just going towards the black people and the rioters and the protesters. Let me get the hell out of here. And he books it to Chicago, which is right next door, right? And 30, I, I joke that Wisconsin is North, North Chicago. But the contrast of those two videos is why people are out there and upset. And some people feel like they want to destroy things. I don't endorse the destruction of property or the violence unless it's in self-defense. But I do understand the frustration. And again, if you're quicker to defend the cop shooting a man eight times in his back in front of his children, if you're quicker to defend buildings over people, we don't see eye to eye. And we'll never well, see eye to eye. And if you're ever in that situation, it's a different situation. He's part of us, Gerardo. We've talked about us, how it went from the cops being us for them, the citizens, to us or them. <clears throat> and in this scenario, uh, the 17-year-old, he was part of us. Mm -hmm. um, we've seen videos from various cities uh, with the p police um, uh, corroborating with, if not supporting, these militia groups. We just saw it in Portland. Um, exactly right. Telling them where to move so they're... Uh, not in the way of operations or et cetera. You've seen the videos. And so this kid was us. I mean, he's got the blue line stuff on his social media. And so he was them, right? I mean, he was part of their group. He was um, on their team, the cops I'm talking about now. And so uh, you saw what happened, right? If that had been uh, a black man, certainly um, he would have been killed. And I say certainly because there's no room for air here. We just saw the other video you mentioned. Someone shot in the back. Uh, not having a weapon. Eight times, having, reaching for his door. Having, having, having not just shot someone in the head. Um, and so, yeah, it's that thin blue line thing. And that's what I'm talking about by like, um, you know, not getting the, the warm and fuzzies this week about making the right decisions because it's supposed to be um, 
the younger generation that sees things more clearly. And I'm just wondering how many more there are out there of kids like this that support those views. And what I see on social media, <laughs> unfortunately, it's quite a lot. And to me, it's not a political issue, but that's sort of what they make it, right? Like I've seen from like right groups and alt-right groups, like legal support funds materialize for this kid already, right? Like he just murdered somebody in the street. That's not like subjective. I don't understand that. You know, I'm not a Republican or a Democrat, but that kid, you know, murdered someone in the street. And so, and clearly went there to do so. He shot a couple of other ones. Correct. Had had come from out of state, was um, underage, interested to see if he gets uh, dealt with as a, as an adult or not. But listen, it's bigger than these, than these two isolated events. You know, I almost get tired about talking about it because the problem is clear as day. Those cops have an itchy trigger finger. Um, on anyone that want, doesn't look like them. They don't want to, exactly. They don't want to de-escalate. I mean, we've seen um, <clears throat> the unwillingness to go against uh, the cops who are doing their own thing and those that do, how they're ostracized from uh, that group, that cohort, that brotherhood, right? That us. Um, and that's the fundamental problem. And you can skate around it all you want as far as Oh, he just had to comply or why did he resist? But it's a fundamental issue um, that cops in this country have the wrong attitude, have been recruited the wrong way um, and are philosophically askew um, from moral true north. I don't know how else to say that. Yeah, I, I don't know how much clearer we have to be. And then again, I'm neither a Republican or a Democrat either. I'm I'm, I'm kind of in the same uh, same same vehicle that you're in there, Nick. So let's talk about some of the dumbass stuff being done, you know, by the left, which is also ineffective. And I'm not talking about the rioters, which aren't protesters, two separate groups of people. But I am seeing, I'm starting to see, you know, I saw a, a clip earlier this week of you know 20 or 30 protesters. Um, surrounding a white couple having lunch or dinner um, and yelling at them that their silence is complicit. Well, guess what? Left liberal people, you know, with your wokeness and, you know, holier than thou, a la Jerry Falwell Jr. Um, attitude, you don't get to decide who or, or, or how people demonstrate and support equality and justice in this country. You don't have a monopoly on that, left-wingers. We don't know. Well, if, and, I mean, yeah, go ahead, because that pissed me well, off and, as well. Not, not to mention the two uh, people they've chosen uh, to nominate to run for the president and now who he selected to be the VP, um, you know, have a long history documented and proven of uh, supporting uh, policies that were um, either not beneficial or harmful to minority communities or that, um, you know, perpetuated the, um, however you want to do it, the the drug war and the um, higher criminalization rates for petty crimes of uh, minorities, et cetera. And then, you know, they have the gall to now to go out there and say that, you know, that they're the, the party of Black Lives Matter and they're going to fix it. It's like, well, no, because... Um, I've watched what you've done and there's a a history track record there um, where we can see that that's not who you are. Just like Jerry Falwell was not who he portended to be. And that's the issue with the leadership in this country. Mm. Um, I mean, it's it's as simple as that, right? It's hollow. 
on both sides. And so, yeah, it's very disingenuous. And that's what I'm talking about, about lack of leadership and not making the right decisions. And um, I finally got around to watching Hamilton. I haven't watched the whole oh, thing yet because yeah. it's fucking long. But, yes. Um, I've seen I it three times in, now, twice but, in person and once on TV. You know, Gerardo, um, you know, Hamilton, he was building something for himself. I mean, he was trying to, right? It's not like he was a, a wealthy guy unlike some of the, well, certainly the English folks, but some of the other wealthy uh, colonial guys. And it's like, I it's easier if you own slaves, Nick. <laughs> well, well, no doubt, Gerardo. But here's what I'm saying is like the bright minds in this uh, system now are, you know, uh, the investor class or the entrepreneurial class have no interest in being the political class. I mean, it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Why would I want to give up my salary and my commissions and my sales and my investments to, uh, you know, to go serve in a government where... Um, I, I don't know, you know, I would just not want myself to be in that spotlight, right? To have to, you know, have my personal uh, stuff dug through and um, at the same time to to be surrounded. Think of like AOC, I mean, you know, trying to fight the good fight, right? But seemingly not getting anywhere yet. And so, I don't know, maybe it's just a pessimistic week for me. But um, the fourth turning dial, I think, if it's like the doomsday clock or whatever, I think it's taken a couple of ticks in the wrong direction lately. Well, we know these things take time. We've said since the beginning, you know, 83 episodes ago that um, there, there there would be violence and there would be volatility. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I, 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 I do believe that this is, this is, you know, we said the summer was going to be hot. We said in the beginning of the summer and in a literal sense and in, in a very, you know, metaphorical sense, it's, that's exactly the case. Um, let's talk California over a million and a half acres in recent weeks, um, have burned, um, after lightning strikes, um, ignited fires, you know, amid dry conditions out there in Northern California. And, you know, I have a cousin that lives in Merced, California, and, you know, he texted me a couple of days ago from the store and, said, Hey, you know, we, uh, we were getting supplies or we're getting the car ready and it's not quite here yet, but it's getting close to us. And so, you know, again, I'm not one of these people that thinks we should have a three or $4 trillion green new deal where we tax everything because I know what politicians will do with my tax money. They will waste it. They're not going to affect real change. Not this political class, not the people in charge. You mentioned the young people in both groups, whether it's the Republicans or the Democrats, they can't get traction in their own party. On the right, Donald Trump, if you don't kiss his ass at the very least, you're going to have issues if he wins anything, right? And they know it. You're not allowed to speak up in that party. Ask Lindsey Graham. Ask even the elder statements, Marco, statements, uh, Marco Rubio. Ask Ted Cruz. Donald Trump Tupac'd his wife and he was like, hey, sir, happy to campaign on your behalf. Where can I kiss it? So we know that party, you know, they're, they're not inviting any of the young Republicans, you know, to, to, to come up with new ideas. That's not happening yet. I do believe it will. But like you, I believe it's going to take some time. And let's talk about the people on the left that are in charge. Do you think the Pelosi's and the Schumer's of the world like AOC? And, and, and her intellect and even the things I disagree on, she's principled in her beliefs. They make sense. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But no, because they're cozy politicians who've made a lifetime of it and they play the game, right, with Mitch and the boys. And so, 
Um, no, I don't think they, they like the uh, abrasiveness or the going against the grain for, for sure. And that's the disruption that has to occur. That's that institutional uh, reformation or however you want to refer to it, right? Yep. And, and, and that's what it's going to take. It's going to take, you know, the, the, the young energy, the youth to come out and, 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 and come in. And again, you know, I think the Schumers and the Pelosi's and, and the Bidens have one, maybe two terms left period, just because of age, just because, you know, they're pushing mid to late seventies, Trump, same thing. Um, that's what a fourth turning is. That's for sure. what a fourth turning is. And when we usher out this class of, of, of vacation takers amidst a pandemic, you know, teachers are, 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 are dealing with outages because servers are crashing because they had all summer to set up the school district to make sure that things went smoothly and they still weren't able to get that right. You know, while all of that is happening and people are cheering about, you know, executive action that puts another 300 bucks in the pockets of, of, of everyday citizens. Um, you know, the Senate's back on vacation again. Well, shit. Couple more days off. Couple more days off. It's uh ugly stuff, ugly stuff. So, Anyhow, the streets are hot. California is hot. Inflation is going to run hot. Um, again, if you're going to participate in this market, everybody, and you haven't yet done so, I don't know what you're waiting for. Get to it. Um, you know, I, I, I think Nick provides some excellent options. I think I provide some excellent options. If you want some other names in the space, you know, Brent Cook, Joe Mazumdar, they do excellent work. Um, if you, if, if you want to look at some macro people that, that do some amazing work, Keith McCullough, uh, Danielle DiMartino Booth, Martin Armstrong, I've talked about before. I, I, I lean on him heavily for, um, his service, not him personally, but his service, um, for a lot of the technical uh, technicals and the charts, which, you know, I'm admittedly not the biggest student of. And so there's, there's, there's a lot of very, very good information out there. And you can do incredibly well in this market. And look, if you're going to preserve your wealth during what is the biggest transfer of wealth that we're going to see in our lifetime, Nick, because I believe that's what's happening with, with Fed policy and central bank policy around the world, um, you may as well try to make a couple of pennies and put you and your family in a position where you're at least better off financially, which of course gives you more options societally about how you position yourself and your family, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, with the real inflation you were talking about and uh, uh, just the sheer price of gold and now the um, uh, equities starting to move in a real way, the junior equities I'm talking about, it's uh, it's high time to, to get positioned. Uh, I feel like we've come in a circle, so that means it's probably time to wrap it up. But yeah, writing on the, on the wall for sure. And so I'm happy to be a part of it, happy to um, have seen it coming and um, yeah, hopefully people have already started to position themselves that uh, listen to us, but uh, a lot more to come, I would say. Agreed. I, I encourage everyone to keep reaching out. I always appreciate the feedback, the interaction, um, the exchange of ideas, whether we agree or disagree. Um, that's all I have, Nick. I'm kind of in, in your camp. I'm, you know, I'm in, I'm, I'm kind of torn, you know, personally as, as someone in the resource space that's been waiting for this market you know, and, and the conditions that, that we now have, I'm as excited as I've ever been. Um, but you've I'm, always said it's going to come with real cost, right? Right. And, and that's the reality of it. And we're seeing that as well. And, and, you know, that's the part where, 
you know, it, it, it's really, I had, I had the pleasure and it'll be in the next issue of Junior Mining Monthly, but I had the pleasure of interviewing, you know, somebody that's a legend in our space, Mr. Bob Bishop, right? And we talked a bit in that interview about, um, you know, using success in the junior resource space to further philanthropic efforts, right? And, and to be more charitable um, and how you can do that. And, and you know, it, it was a small moment in the interview, but I was grateful for it because it, it was something in, 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 in my career that, you know, I, I haven't done in the way that he did so successfully um, and, and, and admittedly wants to do more of and says he should have done more of. And so, you know, he explained how in prior bull markets, you know, he's always held on to certain stocks for the whole ride. And, you know, there's some that where, you know, he's made 10, 20,000 percent on. Um, he's taken some of those shares and donated those to to to, to charities that, that 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 are near and dear to his heart. And it's a great um, tax effective way to contribute um, to society and give and also, you know, look out for yourself and not rack up a humongous tax bill. Um so again, you know, different approaches to all sorts of different things. I am an optimist, but you have to know when to be cautious and societally, we should all be cautious. I mean, you know, what happened in Wisconsin can happen in Washington, can happen in Austin, has happened in Austin, has happened in Washington, did just happen in Wisconsin. Um, and, and I think we're bound to see some repeats, unfortunately, because neither side seems to be, as you said, Nick, moving in the direction of unity and coherence. Well, uh, it's not the capitalism that's the problem. It's the it's the the system and the abusiveness of it, and the uh, the way the people have taken to it, and frankly, the 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 dumbing down of the people as well. We can't let the people off the hook entirely. They voted these fuckers in, right? And so, uh, and continue to support them, which is something that I don't get. Like I still see people going into their camps like monkeys, right? I just don't understand that mentality to want to be in a herd or to want to be led or to want to have a leader. Um, anyway, what was I going to, my point was going to be about capitalism. Like, you know, there are answers in capitalism. Um, if people use it the right way, we just need more bots, right? We need real capitalism, capitalism as, as, as Milton Friedman and, you know, several others um, envisioned and, and, and warned, warned um, what would happen in the future if we were complacent um, you know, the type of capitalism that has done more to elevate more is now being used to exploit more and oppress more. And people feel that in a very literal sense, in a very real tangible way, whether it's economically, whether it's the lack of upward mobility. Sure. Um, and, you got and, millions unemployed and you got companies uh, uh, getting... Uh, bailed out and so uh, it's same old same old and the, the people are getting uh tired of it and they're seeing their 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 spending power uh dissipate and um gosh i just hope they tie it all together that's it's always tough to to put all the pieces together and figure out why and i hope there's uh, more enlightenment than not i'll leave it with a couple of stock names for you all to do some due diligence on that i believe are due for a good run. One is Cucho Copper. The other is Leading Edge Materials. Um, copper, gold, graphite, rare earths, some uranium and some cobalt exposure. Um, take a peek at each of those. I think each of those will end the quarter much higher than where they started. 
those are all good picks. I concur. All right. Anything else, Mr. Hodge? No, uh, that's it. I hope everyone has a good week. I hope we um, continue in this gold bull market successfully. And um, I look forward to doing it again next week. Same here. Thanks again, everybody. Thanks for listening in. This was episode 84 of Bizarro World. I'm Gerardo Del Real. Say goodbye to everybody, Nick. See ya, everybody. Stay out of the corner. That's me in the spotlight. <laughs> Losing my religion.